Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a weekly podcast that features a look inside Pastor Bob's journal on the things that he is thinking deeply and praying deeply about among some stories along his journey. And on this episode of Journal Sessions, Pastor Bob talks about what it means to build a legacy, producing a harvest, and how to be in it for the long haul. Take a listen. I want to talk to you today about how do you produce a harvest that lasts long after you're gone? Let that sink in. How do you produce a harvest that's going to last long after you're gone, even continues to harvest after you're gone? I've been fascinated by Abraham throughout my life. Abraham, here he is, an old guy at a retirement village up around somewhere in Kuwait. And he's with Sarah and his his father is there. And his father's old. His father dies. Abraham is older. He's chilling out. And God calls him as an old man. And so he goes to the promised land, and he's obeying God. And to me, he's the epitome of the ultimate disciple because there is no Judaism. There is no scriptures. There is no uh, priest. There's none of this stuff that would help him understand religion. Yet he has the ability to hear the voice of God. And when he hears the voice of God, he obeys God. About the only religious thing that you see him do is he builds altars to pray to God. Makes me wonder, what did he know about God? How did he understand God? There's so many things he didn't know, and yet he hears God's voice and he obeys. And what's interesting, God promises him that he's going to be this father of Israel and the father of nations. And he even tells Abraham that there'll be a point that His descendants will go to Egypt, but they'll come out. And they do. And so 700 years after the promise is given to Abraham, they come out. What is it about this promise of Abraham? Because there's really not that much about it. I mean, the written record is very few chapters in Genesis. And yet he's the father of Israel. And all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, There's so much that's written about him. What is it about this vision that he had, this call that comes from God, this obedience that he has, that he's obedient to the point that people are still believing his promises 700 years after he's gone? What is it about that? Why do we look to him today? And he's not the only one. Moses is another example. Moses is 80 years old when he goes to the burning bush and God says that he's going to go be the deliverer of of the children of Israel out of Egypt. And there are others. Paul, uh, we don't know exactly how old Paul was, but he's around a pretty good while. And John was. The question is, how do you live your life in such a way that long after you're gone, the message continues? And And I'm not talking about old people thinking about what people are going to think about them. I'm talking about you young men and women talking about pastors. I'm talking about businessmen. I'm talking about whoever you are. So let me give you some things that I see in the life of Abraham and Moses and some of those, and some things I've seen in the lives of others. Here's the first thing I would say to to you is you've got to be in it for the long haul. That's really hard for American culture. I remember reading somewhere in an article that the mindset of most Americans is that if they've not made it by the time they're 30, they're not going to make it. 40, it's over. Do you realize how foreign that is to history? 
doesn't work that way. Not only is it foreign to history, but for the most part, that's foreign to the world that we live in. Not necessarily American culture, but to the world that we live in. And even though we would say that's not true to American culture, isn't it interesting that uh, the two leading contenders for our presidential race are in their 80s? That's kind of scary, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> we got guys maybe needing to look for assisted living, wanting to run our country. That's something to get concerned about. Hey, say what what you will. They've been in it for the long haul. Agree or disagree with them. The reality is that people who change the world to a large degree are people who've been running a race for a long time. They've got years of experience, years of credibility, years of relationships. Hopefully they've got a little wisdom. Old age doesn't necessarily mean that, but if it's lived right, it should mean that. Here's a second thing. Stay open. Stay open. Here Abraham is. You know, God calls him as a very old man. Here's Moses, 80 years of age. And, and yeah, maybe the years were a little bit different, uh, but bottom line is they were old dudes when God called them. Uh, you remember Sarah, she laughs. Uh, when she hears that she's going to have a baby and the angel of the Lord says, you laughed, Sarah. She said, no, I didn't. And uh, as, as a matter of fact, the name of Isaac, her son was God laughs because she just thought there's no way. Sometimes you got to trash your, your plan. You don't know what God's going to do. And a lot of times we think, oh, I'm too young for that, or I'm too old for that, or I'm not qualified for that. Just stay open to whatever God may or may not do. You know, the things that are going to give you the most joy in your life. It's really not those things that you plan out and that you can see and you work towards. It's the unexpected things. But you got to stay open. You've got to see those moments, those opportunities and be able to seize them when they come. Third, stay with your story. And don't get caught up in someone else's story. Or don't get sucked into the crowd. What's your story? There's so many things we don't know about Abraham. I mean, he was old when he came from Ur of the Chaldees, and he was in northern Iraq. What was that about? I mean, there had to be something of an adventure spirit to Abraham. Man, I wish I knew about Abraham's youth. Uh, Moses, we have the luxury of knowing about his youth. You know, he, he's raised in Pharaoh's court and and he has the best education. And yet he knows he's he's Jewish because he kills a, a Egyptian guard who's given uh, one of the one of the Hebrews uh, slaves a hard time. So we know a little bit of his story and what made him unique and the advantages that he had and the disillusionment with power. And yet his ability to understand that system, to go back into it, to deliver the people. There's a story. There's a theme line in Moses's life and Abraham's life. What's the theme of your life? What's your storyline? All the stuff that you did as a little kid, how does it all fit together? I look at my own life and I stuttered so bad when I was a little kid. I, you know, no one understood me, but my mother, I moved around every two or three years as a little kid because my dad pastored little churches in East Texas. All of those things went into making me who I was. And, and though they may have been challenging, they left me with some good things. What's your story? My story was always about hanging out with the underdog, knowing what it's like to be an outsider, trying to make people feel at home, be at peace, because I got what that was like. So it's no big mystery that I do what I do today. 
it's kind of natural. God prepared me for it as a little kid. See, you've got this story. And if you're envying somebody else's story, or if you're thinking, man, I wish I could be like them, you're missing your story. You don't want to be somebody else's sequel. You have a unique story. It needs to be there. Here's the fourth thing. You need to write. You need to journal. You need to record. I don't care how you do it, but you need to write down things so that your kids, your grandkids, uh, you know, people that you've poured into, and you don't have to write a book. You can write books. Books are good. But you ought to have notes. You know, my wife, one of her treasured possessions is a Bible uh, that she got as a little girl. Her mother died at a very young age uh, when Nikki was like five years of age and her mother was in her 20s. And there's this Bible where it's her mother's handwriting that writes the front page of Nikki and she just writes some verses and some things in there. Nikki cherishes that. And they're those stories she's heard of her mother's life. But there's not, except for that Bible, there's not much written, but that is so cherished by her. And so I would just say to you that you don't have to be a journaler, but but you ought to write down things that matter. I mean, when you send cards, birthday cards, uh, Christmas cards, wh whatever you do, you ought to tell people how you feel about them, what you appreciate about them. You ought to encourage them and inspire them. And and partly for me of writing a journal is just having a record of what's happened and what's going on and lessons I've learned and, and successes and failures and all of that. See, you have knowledge that needs to be passed on, and it comes into some of that. They hear stories, but wouldn't it be cool if they could – Read some of those stories from you. And I know most people say, oh, I don't want to do that. And don't, but do a little bit of it where they can look back on that. And I would encourage you to, to do it all throughout your life. But if not, at a minimum, have some things you've written down that they can remember. Six, stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. A lot of people get cold in their walk with God. It gets old. It gets redundant. There's a whole lot of people that are infatuated with Jesus for a little for a little while. Don't be that way. You love him for the long haul and love others. You know, the, the two great commandments, love God, love your neighbor. They're tied to one another. If you love God, you're going to love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, you're going to love God. You really can't do one without the other. And if you're going to have a legacy, who did you love? Who did you care about? Now, those are the stories that people want to know about, how you cared for people. It's, it's the Mother Teresa's that we like to read stories about and others that, that are out there caring for people. You don't have to be a smart person. You don't have to be a wealthy person to have good things to say. You just need to be a loving person. You know, I mean, I think about some of the funnest things I did with my kids were was when we would go to the homeless shelters or, or, or sometimes to a woman's shelter where women who've been abused were with their kids. And we take Christmas presents and we do different things, a lot of different things that we would do service projects together. Love is spelled in service, not just, man, that's sad. I care about you. Here's some money. But no, it's putting your arm around somebody, encouraging them, being there for them. Here's the next thing I would say. Be faithful in the small, unseen things. Obey whatever God tells you to do to do it, not just the big things. See, people don't realize, remember so much the big things you do 
as much as they remember the consistent things you do. And it's the consistent things that you do, good or bad. Think about what do you do consistency, consistently. You may get real depressed. I can think about some negative behaviors I've got. Oh, my gosh, my kids consistently do that. I hate it when Nikki says, you're just like your father. I used to like it. I thought, hey, that's cool. But as I've gotten older, I've realized, nah, that wasn't a compliment. What are the things that you do that are consistent? That, that's, that's what you're going to be remembered for. The, the Abraham's faith, his obedience, his radical faith. I mean, I mean, here's an old man who's going to leave and go possess a land. And here's an old man who's going to go sacrifice this son that he had as an old man. He's crazy. See now, he's a nut job. But I think about what he told the servant when he goes up to Mount Moriah and he says to him uh, to sacrifice his son, he says, me and the lad will be back. I love that phrase. He knew God would do something. Next thing I would say is live with integrity. Live with integrity. Uh, you know, teaching lessons on honesty is not what you'll be remembered for. It's how you were honest or weren't. It's how you kept your word or didn't. It's how you were loyal or weren't. Integrity is more something uh, our children and those around us that we work with gain through observing us than what we say. And, and when we live with integrity, it's important for us to do the right thing and not get on somebody else's level if they don't want to. Stay above the fray. Don't get caught up in arguments and negativity and trashing other people. Live your life with integrity so that when there, when there is conflict, people will know, I know that guy. There is no way. I don't believe that. Your life should be filled with so much integrity that people can predict what you're going to do. They know what you're going to do because they've seen you consistently live your life. And if you do blow it, confess it quick and, and deal with it quick. Next thing I would say, stay open to the unexpected things. Uh, there's so many unexpected things that are going to come your way. Uh, what are the successes? What are the failures? I was thinking about uh, this last year. I have a friend. He's in his 80s, and he's, he's still one of my mentors. And he has this thing. He says, what are the unexpected cool things that happened to you last year? You need to look at them. That may be what your future's in. And the most shocking thing I did last year, I wasn't counting it. I wasn't even trying to do it. It just happened. I spoke in over 30 mosques. What's that about? What do I need to do with that? What does that mean? What did I learn from that? What are the implications for that? I'm asking myself those questions. I mean, here I am, a Baptist pastor who wanted to be a missionary, and I got to speak in 30 mosques, one of the third, third largest mosques in the world this year. That's unexpected. That's crazy. It's not normal. What are the implications for that? What is God saying? What is God doing? I know what you Muslims are saying. Uh, Bob, you need to do the shahada. You know, nah, I love you, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I love you guys. It's staying open to the unexpected things and the failures, things that you thought, boy, this is from God. I got to do this. But I mean, they cratered. And, and sometimes we don't quit in those failures because we're learning something, character, endurance, patience, something else. So no failure is really a failure if we can learn from it. 
And here's the last thing I would say. Grow your mind. Grow your mind. My uh, spiritual father, the last one, that's a true spiritual father, just passed away. And here he was writing a book, which is probably really three books. And the essence of this book was neurotheology and neuropsychology as a discipleship tool. And he's in his late 80s writing this book. And he's fascinated. He's reading all of these secular sources, many that are not even Christians, but trying to understand how the mind works. I love that. He was sharp up until the day he died. Grow your mind. Don't cease to think. Don't become senile. I mean, read books. Uh, listen to music. Go to the theater. Uh, you know, uh, uh, put yourself in settings where there's great art and, and other things. These are just some things that you can do. But here's what I would say to you. As you're moving forward in life, there are those points in your life that can become slow and dull. If you do these things I've talked to you about, it won't happen. Uh, you'll be filled with adventure and expect there to be times of difficulty and weariness and exhaustion and getting tired. But man, will your life be full. And it won't just be about you having a full life. You'll be leaving something behind for others. I hope you have a huge harvest when your life is over. May your greatest harvest be not what you see in your life, but what you're going to have to see in eternity. That, my friend, is true success. Thank you so much for joining us for journal sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com. Com. Whether it's a single gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time.